Welcome, everybody, to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. This is Season 2, Episode 34. I have a three-part episode today. Lots of content. The Iowa Hawkeyes played Purdue, the number two-ranked Purdue Boilermakers, on Friday night on the road. Hawkeyes couldn't quite pull it out without Keegan Murray, who was out injured. Of course, there was the big game for the Big Ten Championship in Indianapolis on Saturday. That didn't go at all how the Hawkeye fans, how that team and those coaches hoped it would. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then finally, the Hawkeyes hosted Illinois in a pretty entertaining game that once again just did not go how we hoped that would. Um, Boy, rebounding was just the major issue in that game. Hawkeye struggled at the free throw line too, but We'll get into that in more detail here. Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Let's get ready to go. Well, Saturday in Indianapolis was not the day for the Hawkeyes this year. And, you know, the Hawkeyes just really seemed doomed early on. They had a couple of nice drives that stalled in the red zone. First drive had that great halfback pass. Fell incomplete over the outstretched arms of a backpedaling Monty Pottybaum. And then missed the field goal. Drove down there again a few drives later. Made a field goal, but got down to the four-yard line and just couldn't punch it in. And that just seemed like trouble. The Hawkeyes needed seven points in this game when they were inside the red zone. I think the Hawkeyes got a a touchdown on that first drive. This would have been a completely different game. I still think Michigan wins, but hopefully the Hawkeyes are still in it and they're not going to give up 42 points, having a chance in the game. Give Michigan credit. They're a really good team. Only loss was Michigan State on the road in a game where they kind of self-destructed late. They had the huge win over Ohio State the week prior. And, you know, you kind of wondered if that would have some sort of effect in this game. Um, But they didn't fall prey to the idea that this was going to be an easy win. They went hard. They were looking for a playoff berth the first time ever that they will participate in the playoffs for Michigan. That's amazing. You think about a storied program uh, like Michigan, and this is the first time they've been in the playoffs. And it's their first Big Ten championship since 2004 when Michigan and Iowa shared the title. So, you know, one team was going to finally get a Big Ten title again, but it ended up being the Wolverines. I want to run through a few drives in this game because things you know, really started off in Iowa's favor. Michigan had a three and out to start the game. That was just so much fun to see. Iowa had deferred after winning the coin toss. Then the Hawkeyes went on a 10-play, 59-yard drive. It stalled at the 17-yard line. Now, the drive was highlighted with some nice passes from Petrus to Laporta. And Laporta, by the way, had a really good game. But... You know, first and 10 from the Michigan 17, Gavin Williams, the running back, passed it to Monty Potterbaum in the end zone. Ball was a little bit out of his reach. It looked like he may have been able to catch it if he kept running, but he kind of stopped and, and turned and backpedaled. You know, I just don't think that the ball was in a really ideal location for him, and it kind of tied him up a little bit. I wondered if putting a tight end on that route would have been better. They would have had a better shot at adjusting to the ball in the air if it, if it wasn't right on target. So, But 
it was a great play. I mean, I can't complain about that play. It, it just looked like so much fun. If the pass would have been just a little bit lower or, you know, dropped in there, we would have just been going nuts. I was frustrated with the Tyler Goodson run call on third and five from the Michigan 12-yard line. Uh, third and five, you got to do something more than just hand it off to Tyler Goodson. And then 33-yard missed field goal, rare miss by Shudak, but that was just deflating. I don't know. You, you drive all the way down there, and you do what they did, and you hand it off on third and five and then try a field goal. That just seemed deflating. But Michigan had 80-yard touchdown drive right after that, just four plays, 67-yard run to cap it off. No idea what happened on that play. The linebackers were just completely sucked away from that play. A couple of moves, a couple of, you know, secondary guys diving at his ankles, and he was just gone. And then a three and out for the Hawkeyes. Michigan, Michigan tried to play like Iowa's play on that first drive, but from its own 25, instead of being in the red zone, and their running back, Donovan Edwards, threw a dime to Roman Wilson, the wide receiver, and he went 75 yards for a touchdown to make it 14 to nothing Michigan. Back-to-back, 67 and 75-yard plays for the Wolverines, and they're not finished yet. On their next drive, they have a nice big run. It's just crazy, but first, the Hawkeyes went on another nice drive. 10 plays, 71 yards. Luke Lachey, big catch and run. Charlie Jones with a 28-yard reception with the Hawkeyes could only get to the four-yard line before they stalled out, kicked a field goal to make it 14-3. to Again, I mean, 14-7 to there, it's just a whole different ballgame. But the first play after that kickoff, A.J. Henning ran for 29 yards, and, you know, this, these big plays of 67 75, 29, I'd have to look that up and see. That has to be a record in consecutive plays of what the Iowa defense has given up. But Jack Campbell did get an interception. The Hawkeyes were back in business, but it was nothing but punts for the Hawkeyes. And uh, they closed out the half down 14-3. to Well, the Hawkeyes punted on their first drive in the second quarter. Michigan then went on a 10-play 82-yard drive for a touchdown. Pretty much over at that point, or it seemed like it. The Hawkeyes just didn't seem to have much. And then they inserted Alex Padilla into the game for Spencer Petras. He was out with a quote-unquote torso issue. Um, you know, Spencer was was struggling in the game. He did get hit really hard, too. But uh, they put Padilla in. And they did go on one nice drive. He had a, you know, there was a pass to Teagood for 17. Charlie Jones got a jet sweep, got a few yards. Teagood. Arlen Bruce getting involved, you know. I don't know what, what happened, why they haven't gotten him more involved in these games. But on a fourth and three from the Michigan eight-yard line, the Hawkeyes had to go for it. They're down 21-3. to three. You can't just kick a field goal and be happy to be 21-6. to six. Hawkeyes actually lost yards on a screenplay, so didn't get it. And, man, later on, Torrey Taylor had a pump block, led to another touchdown right before the end of the third quarter. And then Harbaugh was not going to 
he wasn't going to tap the brakes. He was going to go for it. He was going to get as dominating of a, of a win as he could get to help, you know, send a message to the committee, you know, for the playoffs. He wanted a good, as good of a seat as he could get. And you can't blame him for that. It's just the way things are these days. So, you know, the Hawkeyes just did not have it on this day. They picked off two passes in the game, breaking the season, season record for interceptions with 24 on the season. And the Hawkeyes entered the game with a streak of, of beating top 25-ranked foes. They had won six in a row and uh, couldn't do that against Michigan. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on stats for this game. Iowa had 279 yards of total offense, 461 for Michigan. Just getting frustrating with Iowa being around 300 yards of total offense about every game. Neither quarterback did much. Iowa had 175 yards passing, 104 on the ground. Iowa actually held the ball longer than Michigan, but you know that, that's not much of a stat when, when Michigan has a, a one-play scoring drive, a three-play scoring drive, a four-play scoring drive. So just not used to seeing that from the Hawkeyes' defense. Michigan is a really good team. And for the Wolverines, McNamara, he was pretty good, 16 of 24, just 169 yards. He just kind of kept them rolling back there. And he had help from that running back, Edwards, with a 75-yard touchdown pass. Corum, just five carries, but 74 yards in that touchdown. Haskins, who I was really worried about coming into this, had 17 carries for 56 yards. The Hawkeyes only gave up one sack. Uh, pretty impressive against Michigan, but there were quite a few pressures. Hutchinson, a great defensive end, had the one sack. Petrus started the game. He was 9 of 22. Ugh, 137 yards. Just really didn't look in sync at all after those two nice drives early in the first quarter. Padilla came in. He was 10 of 15. And that sounds good, but just 38 yards, so not much production there either. Gavin Williams, 12 carries, 56 yards. I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch next year and the year after that. But T. Good, 18 for 50. A nice game for Laporta. He had six catches, 62 yards. T. Good had six also for 28 yards. Charlie Jones, two catches for 41. Kerner led the team in tackles with eight. Not a good sign for the Hawkeyes. I mean, this Hawkeyes defense, it should be the linebackers. And when the safety is the leading tackler, that means guys are getting into that third level. Merriweather, the other safety, he was second with six, tied with Benson, and Campbell had five. Benson had the Hawkeyes' only sack in the game, and then Campbell and Harris had interceptions. Special teams struggled in this game for the Hawkeyes, and Iowa faced the first team in a while that had special teams as good or better than Iowa's. Charlie Jones, they were all over him. He had negative yards on two punt returns. Caleb Shudak was one of two with a miss from 33 yards. Troy Taylor, he did a good job. He was he was really punting well. Uh, he did have the one punt blocked, though, and, and, and that was a disappointing thing from that special teams. Well, it was a fun week leading up to the game. I was disappointed. I couldn't get to Indy, but I just couldn't do it. Had fun watching the game at home. It was disappointing. You know, I think the Hawks punched it in early. Could have been a really fun game, and Michigan's a really good team. But 
I think Michigan's going to be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. I'm going to be rooting for them to get the national championship and, and try to get rid of these SEC teams, but that's going to be a tough task. And interesting to see the Hawkeyes playing Mark Stoops and the Kentucky Wildcats in Orlando. 42-3 and did not feel good at all this weekend, that Hawkeye loss. But the Hawkeyes, let's remember, it's a 10-win season so far and a chance to get win number 11 in the Citrus Bowl against an SEC team. Well, let's switch gears to basketball now and step back to Friday night where the Hawkeyes traveled to West Lafayette, Indiana, to face the Purdue Boilermakers. And it was disappointing to hear that Keegan Murray was not going to be able to play in this game. Hard to imagine the Hawkeyes could stay in this game against the number two team in the nation with their best player, averaging over 20 points a game. Well, Chris Murray started in place of his brother. The Hawkeyes came out playing hard, really going after it on, on both ends. Gets this talented Boilermaker team, but the Hawkeyes really struggled shooting the ball in the first half. And they missed having Keegan there. You know, when they needed a guy to get a bucket, all season it's been Keegan Murray, and he just wasn't there. He couldn't play with his injury. Joe Toussaint got two fouls early in the first half. In the first three minutes, didn't play again. Ulyss had to come in. He had a three. It's been fun watching what he can do out there. He's, he's a really talented player, and it's good to have him coming off the bench. And it's just Unbelievable to watch Purdue out there with a 7-4 guy. Every year they have a 7-4 guy. This year it's Zach Eady. And he's talented. He can shoot. He can score down low. He gets rebounds. But the Hawkeyes took it to him. McCaffrey took it to him a couple times. He had one where he laid it up over him. Another one where he, he tried to dunk it and got fouled. So that was fun to see. But when, when Eady goes out, they bring in 6-10 Travion Williams who's 6'10", 260 pounds, and he just looks like the Hulk out there compared to the Hawkeyes' really kind of lean bigs that the Hawkeyes have. It's just amazing. And, and Williams, is a, he can shoot threes. He can shoot free throws. He's just a really talented guy, and he's fine, I guess, coming off the bench. Pretty amazing. That's a great team, that Purdue basketball team. And Josh Ogundale had to play in this game, and he played quite a bit. He did really well. It was really fun to see him come in and just get after it with Edie and Travion Williams. But at halftime, the Hawkeyes were down by 13, you know, really struggling shooting, um, not able to make threes, 27% shooting from the floor, only eight baskets, three of 13 from three, and Purdue was 16 of 21 from the free throw line in the first half. Just unbelievable. So that's what was really keeping them in the game. But Tony Perkins was keeping the Hawkeyes in this game. He shot four of six with one three-pointer in there, and he had 12 points off the bench. But in this game, the Hawkeyes just could not get it going. They couldn't get enough juice. They couldn't make any threes. Five of 21. Purdue was eight of 19. Just seems to be a bad trend of late. Both teams shot around 40% overall from the field. Iowa didn't shoot well from the free throw line. Uh, just 15 of 22. And Purdue was 27 of 37. I mean, <laughs> Purdue shot 
37 free throws in this game, and they made 27. So 35% of Purdue's points came from free throws in this game. Just unbelievable. It's kind of sickening to be. I mean, I don't, I don't know what how that even happens, but they made 12 more free throws and beat Iowa by seven. And the rebounding did hurt in this game. Just getting getting really concerned with Iowa's rebounding. I mean, they need to just start <laughs> putting those guys under the basket, making them battle for rebounds or something, because 42 for Purdue and 30 for Iowa. Really bad trend. Just nine turnovers for Iowa and 17 for Purdue. And that's one of those stats where you think you're going to win a game when you just have nine turnovers and the other team has 17. Rebounding is, is a concern. Patrick McCaffrey, 15 points, didn't shoot well. You know, he was 0 of 4 from 3, 4 of 13 overall. But he did have five rebounds, three assists. Chris Murray, 12 points, four rebounds. Joey Toussaint, seven points, four assists. Off the bench, Perkins, 14 points. I really like his game. Euless had seven, and Agundale had seven points and five rebounds. Didn't expect a win here. Purdue's ranked number one now for the first time in the history of the program, and that just blows my mind as good as they've been for as long as I can remember. Um, but th- they are number one now. I can't believe it's the first time in history. Just unbelievable. But, you know, if Keegan would have played, it would have been interesting to see how that game went. It just didn't seem to be the night for Purdue. But I really liked the effort that the Hawkeyes put in. First loss of the year for the Hawkeyes, dropping to 7-1 on the season. Fun team to watch. I think they're going to keep getting better. Their young guys need to focus on rebounding and making free throws and really working on those three-point shots. The Iowa Hawkeyes hosted the Fighting Illini on Monday night. It was tough early on. The Hawkeyes were down 13-4. to And then Tony Perkins came into the game, and he turned the game around almost single-handedly. Hit a three, had a couple of transition buckets, drove the lane and made a layup, hit a mid-range jumper. He plays defense, and he is really working to get more minutes out there. And he did. I mean, I don't know what he had tonight, but for sure he had almost starter-type minutes because he was so good when he was in the game. But he had 12 points and a 21-2 run for the Hawkeyes. It was 20-10 Illinois. Suddenly it was 31-22 Hawkeyes. The reserves started losing that lead. And Keegan Murray, Philip Robracha, Patrick McCaffrey were sitting at the scorer's table to come in. And you know they'd done such a great job getting that lead. They were running out of gas. And I don't know what happened. It just... There were no stoppages of play, and it seemed like two minutes of game time went on before the, before Keegan Murray could get back in the game, and it just it just kind of blew my mind. I don't know if the Hawkeyes needed to call a timeout or what, but for whatever reason, it just took forever to get those guys back, and, and Purdue got back into the game and took the lead again. You know, in this game, the Hawkeyes – Overall, shot the same percentage as Illinois, but three-point shooting was a difference. Iowa started hitting some threes late. You know, 
Keegan hit one late. Euless hit one late. Perkins hit one late. That kind of brought Iowa back into the game, but the game was over at that point. Before that, before those three shots, Iowa was 5 of 20 from three. They ended up 8 of 23. Not horrible, but 5 of 20 until the game was really over and we just started squishing some late. Illinois, 11 of 25. 11 of 25 from three. Iowa struggled from the free throw line in this game. I've been hammering on that, but Iowa has been so good from the line, and this is going to win them games. But they missed six out of 19 free throws in this game, shot just 68%. But the biggest factor in this game, I mean, I've never seen a differential like this for the Hawkeyes. 52 rebounds for Illinois, 23 for Iowa. It has to be a, a typo, but that's what the that's what I'm seeing. 52 rebounds for Illinois, 23 for Iowa. Illinois had 19 offensive rebounds. So Illinois had 19 offensive rebounds. Iowa had 23 total rebounds. That's unbelievable. And that not, those 19 offensive rebounds mean second-chance points. Iowa had nine offensive rebounds. So this should have been a blowout. Uh, Illinois winning big. How do you not just crush Iowa? You're shooting threes. You're making free throws better than Iowa. You're getting offensive rebounds left and right. But they had 18 turnovers to just four from Iowa. And that's another just amazing thing. If Iowa has four turnovers and the team they're playing has probably 10 or 12 or more, odds are Iowa is winning the game. Just unbelievable that they lose with four turnovers. Rebounding. I can't believe it. It's fundamentals. It's hustle. It's want to. It's knowing angles and where the ball is bouncing and getting there. And they're going to have to just go, go into the, they're going to have to go into practice and just start shoot, shooting shots and going after rebounds as hard as they can because they need to get after it. Coburn had 17 points, 18 rebounds. He's a monster. So, I mean, I get it. He's going to get his, but 17 points, 18 rebounds. Plummer, their guard is so good. He was 4 of 8 from 3, 21 points. Frazier was on J-Bo, shut him down, didn't let him get the ball outside the three-point line. And he had 18 points. He was 3 of 5 from deep. Grandison off the bench, 4 of 9 from 3, had 21 points. For the Hawkeyes, Keegan Murray, 19 points, 7 of 15 shooting. He struggled for much of the game. Um, you know, for Keegan, <laughs> he did. You know, he, he, he missed some free throws, um, but he was really going after it at the end of that game. I mean, once he got a fire lit in him, man, he was hitting dunks from you know, floating out from 10 feet, hit a three. He was just one of four from the game from three, but hit one in crunch time. A couple of rebounds, and it was good to see him get going. McCaffrey, 12 points. He was 2 of 3 from outside the arc. 
zero rebounds in the game. Kind of shocking for a 6'9 guy with as many minutes as he played. Verbracha, three points, eight rebounds. Joe Toussaint really struggled in this game. He was falling down again. He had one of one of seven shooting off the bench. Chris Murray had eight points. He was just 0 of 3 at the three-point line. Sanford did hit a three. Wondered if he should have played a little bit more. Uh, Tony Perkins, 16 points, 2 of 3 from outside the line. Aaron Euless, 7 assists, 11 points. And boy, you know, he's doing a good job at that that point guard position you're wondering like the minutes are starting to tip a little bit more to Aaron Euless there disappointing loss at home to Illinois 87 to 83 I think that's one this team is going to kind of look back on and wish they could have done over got to hit the boards got to make free throws and win those games at home the Hawkeyes are now seven and two oh and two in the Big Ten Next up is Iowa State and Ames on Thursday night. I'm a little bit nervous because this Cyclones team that won just two games last year is 8-0 now, and they rebound and they play defense. And I do not want to see the Hawkeyes lose a game you know, to Iowa State because of that. Hawkeyes have been dominating the Iowa, Iowa State series lately. Well, Iowa State's ranked number 17 now. They beat Creighton, former coach Greg McDermott, who uh, he was a Cyclone coach for, I think, four years. Couldn't get it done. Bolted for the Blue Jays. Been there ever since. Not a great week for Hawkeye fans. But, hey, Hawkeye wrestling, that team is so good. They beat Iowa State for the 17th time in a row. Nice bowl destination for the Hawkeye fans. Wanting to go to Orlando. I mean, you can't beat that. Basketball team's looking pretty good. They've got some things to work on, and this is a young team. They're going to continue to improve, and hopefully they're going to win the next two non-conference games, including that in-state rival. Thanks for listening to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Let's get a win on Thursday night over the Cyclones. Go Hawks!